There are two stories being told in our world, about our world, and every single one of you is helping tell one of them. Two stories that are being told in our world about what's going on in our world, and every single one of us, with the way we live our lives, are choosing to come alongside and tell one of them and advance a particular narrative. And one of them is obviously better than the other. Let's start with the first one, the first story. That is being told is that it's getting worse. Our world is getting worse. Unfortunately, this is the story that a lot of Christians find themselves gravitating to. I don't know why that's the case. I mean, we can philosophize on the reasons behind the reasons, but it's kind of like the doomsday approach, and you, you'll hear that a lot from Christians, and you'll hear that a lot from people you know, that in my line of work, pastors and preachers and teachers. You'll hear that a lot from churches. Like, it's getting worse. It's getting worse. Oh, politics. Oh, 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 it's getting worse. The world out there, the environment, education, guns. Oh, the border, immigration, oh, it's just, look, it's just getting worse. It's getting horrible, and and it's interesting that when you adopt an it's-getting-worse mindset and you decide, you decide, that's the story you want to tell with your life, you would think that that would motivate you to action. But what's surprising is that story creates apathy. Because what churches do, what Christians do, is they're like, oh, it's getting worse. We're just going to hunker down and wait until Jesus comes to get us out of this hellhole. Yeah. Am I right? I mean, it's just like, we're just going to kind of wait until God gets us away from all this. You know? And so they do nothing. Nothing. I admit We got problems in this world. We all know we got issues. We all know there are things going on that need to be addressed, okay? But to tell the story and to lift the banner and to wave the flag, it's just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. That's not the best way to go about it. There's another story. And this story says it can be better Yeah, I know we got issues. Yeah, I know we got stuff that needs to be dealt with. Yes, I totally understand that that we got some problems that need to be wrestled with. But it can be better. Which means there's something we can do about all this. And and there's, there's something we can do to help. And we can fix some of these things. See, that story actually brings hope. That story actually motivates people to action. That story highlights the opportunity that's in front of every single one of us. The question is, what story do you want to tell with your life, with your one and only life? I submit to you that it can be better, is a better story to live for. And if you really want to understand who Jesus is, and you really want to get close to what Jesus is all about, and and you really want to trust and follow him, the more you get close to him, 
the more you will gravitate to uh, it can be better. Because Jesus came to make things better. Jesus came to make people better. Jesus can make things better. I, I understand we got problems, but you and I have a choice. I ask you and I welcome you to join with me and let's tell the better story. It can be better. Now, here's the deal. What we're getting ready to talk about, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you call yourself a Christian, um, you're on the hook for this, and I'm on the hook for this. this. This is just what God has called us to because you call yourself a follower of Jesus. Now, if you're not a Christian, and if, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you can tell whatever heck story you want to tell, okay? That's totally up to you, but I bet, I bet, I bet. Even if you're not a follower of Jesus, you would agree that the better story is it can be better. I bet even you gravitate towards that, and whether or not you're a Christian, whether or not you're a church kind of person, but if you're a follower of Jesus, this is on us. And it's going to seem like what I'm getting ready to say is going to come out of left field, but just hang with me. I'm taking you somewhere. It'll make sense. One of the best ways, one of the best ways to make things better, to help things get better, is actually through serving the needs of others. In fact, I believe serving is the most real, defining, and transformational display of Jesus' love in the world. I believe when you serve to meet the need in somebody else, and we'll talk about why in just a minute. You'll see it. You'll see it. It'll be clear. But I believe serving is the most real and the most defining and transformational. It's undeniable because when you are serving others and meeting needs in other people's lives, it's something that can be touched and smelt and felt and experienced, it's tangible, it's close, it's face-to-face, it's not a philosophy, it's not just a belief, it's more than a theology, it is practical life-on-life love of Jesus. And nothing will make things better faster than sharing the love of Jesus through serving others. Kind of makes you wonder why people stiff-arm this, why like we've been talking about things in this nah, I'm good series, why would someone, especially a Christian, especially a follower of Jesus, kind of look at the serving thing and go, well, you're right, I get it. I mean, you, you make a point, and there's no arguing with that, but nah, I'm good. Nah, I don't know. Eh, it's just not for me, or it's just not right now, or maybe later, or it used to be me, but no longer because I'm in a different stage of life, and there's different things are going on, and I just need a break. And No, no, no. I mean, what, what, would, what would bring us to the point of doing that? I mean, I think there's many reasons. We don't have time to get into all of them. It could be that you're just assuming somebody else will take your place. Somebody else will step up. Next man up. Next man up. It's like a football team. Next man up. Next man up. No. That, that, that's a shallow way of looking at it. It could be pride. It could be uh, the fact that, and then pride is really hard to see in the mirror. So if it is pride, somebody else will probably have to point it out to you, and you'll probably get defensive and argue with them. Because it's really hard to see in the mirror. I'm just telling you, it, Maybe it's church hurt. You've been hurt by church in the past. I get it. I understand. I've definitely been there. Maybe you've been disappointed and hurt by another Christian. Maybe you're just so busy. Right? I know. I know you've got a lot going on. I understand. Maybe you feel like you're not needed, or you can't, or you're afraid, or you're just complacent, waiting for Jesus to come back and get you out of this hellhole, like we talked about. Whatever your reason for going, nah, I'm good, it's time to get over that. 
you call yourself a follower of Jesus, which we'll say more about in just a few moments, but it's time to step past all the things that are keeping you from embracing who God truly called you and me to be. I wish, I wish it were enough. I wish it was enough that I, I could just stand in front of you and call you and call us to obligation and obedience in Christ. I wish that was enough. I wish I could just say this. I wish I could just say we serve because Jesus served, because Jesus did. We serve because he said to, and we serve because we follow him, period. Y'all have a nice day. Let's get to it. Wouldn't that be nice? Because you'd be, like, you'd be getting out right now. Wouldn't that be nice? But you're not. Right? It, 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 wouldn't it be great if I could just say we serve because Jesus served and he said to for us and, and we follow him. Now, unfortunately, unfortunately in our world, social media has really screwed up what people understand when it comes to what it means to follow someone. Right? In our social media world, to follow someone means you click a button and you creep on them from a distance. <laughs> you click a button that says you follow them and then you watch them. You don't do a dang thing. You just watch them. Hmm, that's what they're wearing. Huh, it's not her color. Some, bless her heart, somebody needs to tell her. Right? Like, oh, we don't need to see that. You don't need to show that to the world. Or, or like him, oh, he wants everybody to see. Or he, you know, they're just showing off. And oh, look, their children are perfect. I got a bad set of kids. They don't look like that. Look, they, get, they take perfect vacation. You see what I'm saying? You're following them, but you're really you're not following anything. You're just watching them from a distance, and you're only seeing what they show you. I, I, this just cracks me up, too. When, I'm sorry. People are real bad at this, you know, and, you know. I'm just going to be, it's just me without makeup. I'm just, just, just me. This is just, this is what you get. Hair all a mess and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, you think we're idiots? You still are only showing us because you like what you see. You ain't going to show us the real you. You ain't going to show us what you don't want anybody. Anyway, that's side tangent. That was not in my notes. I'm not supposed to say stuff like that. But you're not following anybody. To follow Jesus is not to watch what Jesus did and learn what Jesus did and study what Jesus did. It, it, that's not following Jesus. That's learning about Jesus. Learning about Jesus and following Jesus are two entirely different things. Following Jesus is rolling up your sleeves, getting in the game and saying, I'm going where he went. I'm going to do what he did. I'm going to live the way he lived because I trust and follow Jesus. I wish it was enough for me to tell you that we should just follow Jesus because Jesus is personal mission statement was all about serving. Matthew recorded it. This is what Jesus said about himself. Jesus said, just as me, the son of man, he called himself the son of man, highlighting his humanity. He was 100% God and 100% man. <laughs> Blows my mind too. I get it. But as, as God in flesh and bone, he says, even I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And I submit to you that had Jesus come to be served, nobody could have blamed him. Nobody would have said a thing. Why? Because he's Jesus. Because he's God in the flesh. And when you're God in the flesh, you deserve to be served. He could have shown up and said, here I am, da-da-da. And everybody just bow before him everywhere he goes. But he didn't. 
In fact, just the way he showed up on planet Earth in Bethlehem in a manger, which we'll be celebrating before you know it. I hope you guys have got your Christmas stuff bought because it'll be here, like <laughs> lickety-split. It's coming. Right, but it'll be Christmas before you know it. We'll be celebrating Jesus in the manger, Jesus in the manger. Just that in and of itself kind of tipped the world off. Hey, listen, I ain't coming like you think a Messiah is coming. I'm not coming the way a king would come. In fact, a lot of people disregarded the fact of who he said he was just by the way he was born. He said, I didn't come to be served. I didn't come to make it about me. And it was about him. It always has been about him. It will always be about him. And he didn't come to make it about him. He came to meet the needs of other people. Which is interesting. We do the exact opposite. As his followers, we come to be served. Right? We come to be served. We show up to church to be served. Actually, that's why we're here. We want to be served. And then we will give our opinions on how well we were served. Yeah, they shine the light in my eyes. I'm not going back. <laughs> they asked me to scoot over. They asked me to move. About the time I got the seat conformed to the shape of my buttocks, it was fitting, feeling good, sitting good, nice and warm. Somebody asked me to move over. Can you believe that? I cannot believe that. There was a line. I had to wait in line. I just wanted to worship Jesus. Why do you have to stand in line to worship the Lord? Right? Well, you can go somewhere else. There's not a line. But you see what I'm saying? We, we show up. We show up to be served. To be served and to give our opinions on how well we were served. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus did it so different. And we're supposed to follow him. I know this is a lot. I know this is kind of heavy. I get it. But, but this is what we need. And then Paul comes along. After Jesus gave his personal mission statement, not to be served but to serve others, Paul comes along and reiterates this. In the first century, he writes to a group of Christians in, um, wow, in Philippi and gives this Mac Daddy analogy that is so convicting and challenging. It just kind of lets you know, this is what he said. He said, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. In other words, don't do anything where you make it all about you. That's what he's saying. It ain't about you. Don't make it about you. Don't do anything out of selfish ambition. It's about me, 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 or vain conceit. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Can you imagine how much better the story would be, how much better our world would be if we did that, if we actually as followers of Jesus looked to other people and said, you're more valuable than I am. I'm going to treat you like you're more important than me. You see, which is interesting because the exact opposite is what we're often told, right? You ain't better than me. Nobody's better than me. You ain't better than me. You think you're better than me? You want to step outside? You think you're better than me? Oh, she thinks she's better than me. <laughs> she think... you, you see the stuff we've, we've, we've fed ourselves and we've bought into? Jesus said, treat each other as if other people are better than you. Value them over yourselves. Can you imagine how much better our world would be? Hey, let me take it home real quick. Can you imagine how much better your marriage would be? Your way, better than my way. Your idea is better than my idea. We'll eat where you want to eat. 
I defer to you. I defer to you. I defer to you. Can you imagine? Most of the time in marriages, we only say, okay, we'll do it your way because you're trying to prove a point that their way sucks and it's going to fail and then you'll see. My way was better. You should have listened to me. Right? Am I right? Yeah. Can you imagine how much better family dynamics would be? Can you imagine how much better the office environment would be? Can you imagine how much better the world would be? It's a much better story. It can be better when we start really following Jesus. And, and then this analogy. This analogy, he says, let me give you an example. You should have the same attitude, the same mindset as Christ Jesus. The very same. I know you're not Jesus, I'm not Jesus, none of us are Jesus, but you should adopt the same attitude Jesus had. What attitude was that? Well, he was in very nature God, but he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Jesus didn't show up and said, I'm the man. What's interesting, he's the man. And he didn't treat each other, treat people like he was the man. He came and what? He goes on. He made himself nothing. And this is what you and I are to do to each other. I wish it was enough for me to just read this and say, let's go do this. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself, made himself less. Now this isn't, man, I'm no good, and nobody loves me, and I'm I'm not good. No, it's not self-pity. It's saying, you know what? I'm going to put myself last and I'm going to put others first. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Wow. And we're told as followers of Jesus that, that things can get better when we live like this. I wish it was enough for me to say, let's do this. But unfortunately, I know me and I know you. And that's not enough. So let me look at it from a different angle. In this Nah, I'm Good series, each week we've been looking at what happens if we choose to stiff arm and say, Nah, I'm good to the things that God has called us to. And today, since we're talking about serving, what does it look like? What happens? Maybe this will help. Maybe this will help your motivation. What does it look like when you go, Nah, I'm good. I know, I know, I know. And one day I will, and I'll get serious eventually. But now, here's what happens. If you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, and you're like, nah, I, don't, I just don't do the serving thing. I just, I just don't, you know, whether you're at home, or your neighborhood, your community, your church, wherever. No, here's what happens. If you don't, you're going to be untrue to who you are. You're going to be untrue to your identity. You'll be living the life of a hypocrite because you call yourself a Christian. Nobody wants to be a hypocrite. Nobody likes hypocrites. That's why most of you haven't been to church in forever, you know, for years. That's where all the hypocrites are. You're probably right. But where should hypocrites be? I'd say they need Jesus, right? You're untrue to your identity. You call yourself a follower of Jesus. I call myself a Christian. And as a child of God, as a follower of Jesus, our Savior, serving is just who we are and it's what we do. It's who we are and it's what we do. It's just who we are and it's what we do. And it's unnatural for anyone to call themselves a Christian and not do what Jesus did. It's unnatural for anybody to call themselves a follower of Jesus and not actually follow Jesus. So it's unnatural for anyone who calls themselves a Christian to not serve like Jesus called us to serve. Something is wrong. You're untrue to your identity. Secondly, here's what happens. You'll miss out on some of the best parts of what it means to follow Jesus. 
You'll miss out on some of the best parts. If you're like, nah, I don't do the serving thing, you'll miss out on some of the best because the greatest moments and the greatest memories come to you when you are giving your life away to others. The greatest moments and the greatest memories will come when you're, when you're serving, not when you're being served. I, I know this is true. I've experienced this, and I'm not talking about my life as a pastor. I'm not talking about my official role or my title and what I do on this stage. No, I'm talking about the greatest moments and the greatest memories of my life have come when I have been engaged in serving the needs of others. It's when I've grown the most spiritually. Hey, you want to grow more spiritually? You know how it's going to happen? Not by you just accumulating theological Bible knowledge. Nothing wrong with that, but that doesn't, that's not what's really going to grow you spiritually. What's going to grow you spiritually more than anything else is actually living how Jesus lived, doing what Jesus did, following Jesus. You'll grow spiritually, and you'll grow in community with others. Some of my greatest experiences with other people, deepest relationships, fondest moments with others have been when we were serving together. If you stiff arm this and go, no, I'm good, you will miss out on some of the best. You will miss out on some of the best moments, and you don't want to do that. If you don't serve, there's something else. You'll end up living for yourself. You'll end up living for yourself. Oh, okay, 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 come here, come here, come here, come here a second. Come here, come here, come here. Let's, let's talk. You're awesome. You're great. You're a fantastic guy. You're an awesome gal. Okay? Okay. You, you got it going on. You were made in the image of God. God loves you. you are, you're incredible. You're incredible. All that is true. Yet, your life is too small of a mission to give your one and only life to. Your life is way too small of a purpose to give your one and only life to. And you're awesome. You're awesome. But at the end of your life, you're going to want more, you're going to want to have more than yourself to show for yourself. And I'm going to want to have more than myself to show for myself. I would want to invested it, and you're going to want to have invested it into the lives of other people. If you don't push yourself to follow Jesus in things like serving, you will end up living for yourself. It's just human nature. Now, listen, I, okay, let me just address this real quick because I know that's what some of you are thinking because, listen, I know, I get it, I get it. Well, I'm just trying to, you know, do good self-care. There's nothing wrong with self-care. There's some truth to self-care, but we've taken it way too far, way too far, Right? I mean, yes, you should take care of yourself. Yes, 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 yes. We, that is honoring to God. However, we have taken it way too far. And, and now, you know, we just, I'm, just, I'm just doing me. I'm just in a season of my life where I need to do me well. Right? God knows. God knows I wish I could help other people, but right now, I've got I to gotta love me first. I gotta put me first, put me first. We've just taken it way, way, way too far. Now I know that's frustrating some of you, and I, I get it and all that, because that's been your story, man. That's been the flag you've been waving for the last 15 years. I'm just trying to do me well. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Now, now just hang with me a second, because this day's coming. One day you will stand, and this is not a threat, this is not, this is not gloom and doom, this is reality. One day you will stand before God, and I will stand before God, and we will all give an account of our lives before Him. That's not a threat, that's reality, okay? Like it or not. And if you don't like it, it doesn't change it. 
Can you imagine standing before God and, and, giving, and, and just talking to him about this life that he's entrusted to us and, and just kind of look to God and say, well, I know, I know, I know, I know, but see, I was just trying to do me. You know, I was just trying to look out for number one. Oh, okay. That's something just not right. As a follower, what if Jesus, what if Jesus who could have made it about himself. He was the man. He is the man. It's just something not right about someone like that showing up saying, well, I'm here to do me. Right? You won't want to follow a person like that. Now we follow Jesus because of how Jesus gave himself literally up. That you don't want to live for yourself. It's too small of a purpose. Too small of a focus. And yes, serving like Jesus serves calls us to sacrifice. Yeah. I I get it. Take care of yourself in all the appropriate ways, but don't take it too far. I don't know about you, but at the end of my life, I really don't want to have anything left. You don't get extra points for having some left in the tank when you get to the end of your life. You say, well, I was saving some back. Right? What are you going to do? I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I'm going to out, go out in a blaze of glory. I don't know what that really means, but it sounds great. And great song. I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory. You know, like I left it. Man, I, I, I gave it all for this one and only life of following Jesus. Yeah. Don't live for yourself. Serve. Serve. And, and really, we said this a couple of weeks ago about giving. It's true for serving. When you serve like Jesus served, there's not really a downside. Not really a downside. Last thing, if you don't serve, there will be people who will assume and believe wrong things about God. They will assume and believe wrong things about God. Because, see, you've named the name of Christ. So they assume to see Christ-like things from you. And, see, everybody can study the life of Jesus. Even people who don't follow Jesus know the kind of person Jesus was. It's out there in print. The world knows what a servant he was, how kind he was, how loving and caring he was. And that's why it's so odd when people see Christ followers who look nothing like Jesus and live nothing like Jesus, yet they wave the Jesus flag, right? They assume wrong things about who Jesus is, about who God is, about what church is, about who Christians are. And serving helps fix that, helps right right things in our culture. Our culture says that Christians and Jesus followers and churches are all about sin and judgment, judgment and sin, sin and judgment. You're, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, and you're going to hell. Everybody that doesn't look like me, live like me, and vote like me, you're all going to hell. Right? And I'm a follower of Jesus, and God is love. I mean, like, it kind of makes you twitch. Like, how's all of that work together? Right? You have a mean attitude, but God is love, and you follow him. Hmm. Something's up. Something's not jiving with that, right? Jesus is one of the most, I mean, uh, serving is one of the most Jesus-like things we could ever do. One of the most Jesus-like things we could ever do with our lives. And Jesus said, when we serve others, that people will begin to change their minds about who God is. It changes the taste in people's mouths when they think about God, when they think about Jesus, when they think about church, when they think about Christians. Maybe your neighbor had been like, well, no, you know, and I've always thought Christians and I've always thought churches. But you know what? After getting to know Bob, after getting to know Sue, after getting to know you, 
I don't know. Now I'm rethinking. Because if that's what Jesus is like, then maybe that is for me. You see, you don't want people to assume and believe wrong things because you didn't truly follow Jesus. People didn't always agree with Jesus, but they loved Jesus. The masses loved Jesus. It was a small group of God followers that really crucified Jesus. We'll get to that another day. In the back hallway, back here in the admin area. And if, if you were a volunteer in our church, you may have seen this. But we pass it in the hallway as a staff every day. And I took a picture of it and we put it up here. And I want you to see this. This is a quote from James, the brother of Jesus. And we don't have to go into the backstory, but it's just a great statement. James, the brother of Jesus, to the first century church said, we should not make it difficult for those who are turning to God. I love that. We should not make it difficult. We should not make it difficult. There's nothing we should do to make it difficult. So let's do a little, I know school's back in session now, okay, this week. So here we go, here we go. We're going to put our thinking caps. Help me with this. If we're not supposed to make it difficult, then that means we're supposed to make it easy. And I don't know anything else that can make it easy faster than serving. Because when people see it and they experience it, it just transforms how they approach who God is. Let's make it easy. And some of you do a fantastic job of that. Do you know that some of the greatest servants I've ever had the privilege of being around are at this church? And, and, and you serve in this church. Some of the most fantastic followers of Jesus who serve, I think, with the heart of Jesus and the way Jesus would serve. You, you attend here at the summit. Some of the, I mean, I'm, I'm humbled. I am so honored to serve alongside so many of you. Yet, you're a minority. As many of them as there are, you're a minority. And the majority, we just show up to be served and to critique those that are serving us. Right, in our experience. We sh- and it's a good experience. We'll come back next time. And if it's not, we'll go somewhere else to be served, right? I mean, what's wrong with that? So I encourage you. And I know that's heavy-handed. I get it. But wait, wait. You started it. You called yourself a Christian. You started it. You identify yourself as a follower of Jesus. All I'm doing is just saying, okay, then we have to live like Jesus lived. And yes, that's challenging. So it's time to serve. I love my friend, and, and, and remember, we've said this every week, my friend Trevor from Kentucky, he said, here's the deal. We're not praying for a move of God. I highlight this every week because I love this in this series. We are the move of God. We just need to move. We just need to move. And when you serve, you move. And when I serve, I move. And when we serve, God moves through us and in us. And things get better. When you serve, it can be better when you serve. And maybe, maybe you're sitting there and you're going, that's why I serve. I'm so, so excited. That's why I do it. Yes, it's such a good reminder. And then maybe there's some of you are like, well, you know, I, I know I should. I know I should. And I'll get back around to it because I used to. Or maybe some of you are going, I'm too young. I'm too young. I'm too young. You know, I'll get to that. I'm just now trying to find myself. I'm trying to find myself. Okay, go look in the mirror, introduce yourself to yourself, and get ready to serve. Case closed. Or maybe some of you are like, oh, you know, we're retired you know, I'm just kind of coasting to heaven. Just kind of, you know, I had my time and now it's time for the young people to stand up. And oh, really? I mean, can you imagine God looking down at any of us going, hey, you, oh, no, wait, they're retired. Don't bother them. 
They're, re- they're retired, right? You don't retire. You know, you're not too young. You're not too old. I, I, I get it. All, all, all those things. Or, or maybe you're just like, okay, man, I'm ready. I'm ready. I, w- I want you to give you two questions. You might want to take a picture of this. So I'm just going to hit them. These two questions right here will help you. These two questions right here will help you sort this out of where you can serve and how you can serve. Ask yourself, where have I noticed a need for things to be better? You may be looking at the stage saying, you, great. You can have the microphone next week. Where do you look around and say, hey, that can be better, that can be better, that can be better, that can be better. Pay attention to that. And it could, well, it could be you're just critical of everything, but it could be, it could be, that, that you're tapping into an area where you're gifted naturally and you have natural skills and abilities and you see things other people don't see. That could be you might be identifying something where God would, could use you greatly to serve and make things better. And it can be better because you serve in that area. I like the second question even better. Where am I, what am I passionate about? Where, where is your passion? What do you get excited about and what breaks your heart? What do you get excited about and what breaks your heart? If you can identify what really excites you and what breaks your heart and makes you sad and say, somebody ought to fix that, then you need to turn the somebody ought to a I'm gonna and step up and serve. Step up and serve. Don't send an email for somebody else to fix it. Serve. Say, hey, here's a problem. I want to help fix it. Here we go. And as you think about those two questions, I want you to listen to Micah's story. Um, I'm Micah Moore, and I've been married for 16 years with my wonderful wife, Jessica. Uh, I have a boy, Gage, and a daughter, Addison. Um, We started attending the summit about six years ago. Um, Our marriage was kind of in a bad place, um, and the only way to fix it was God. So we started going to church. We started looking for a church to go to. Uh, we had some people tell us to try the summit. So we tried the summit. My wife, she fell in love with it. Within a year, she's serving. She's serving with the peak. She's holding the baby. She's getting her little baby fix on. You know, so great, because we got our two kids and that was enough for us and enough for me. But she kept telling me, you know, you need to serve. And I was like, mm, nah, I'm good. You know, that's not, I just didn't do it. That's our church, you know, growing up. You had your deacons and your you're certain people that did the Sunday school and that was it, nobody else. Everybody else just went to church and then they went home. So serving just was not something that I thought was really necessary or anything like that. But why kept on me and I kept saying, no, I'm good. Um, then we had the service. Pastor Jonathan's up there speaking and we have those cards that they're strategically placed in your seat. You know, it's your next step. He's holding up the card and he's like, you know, it's time for your next step. What's your next step? And my wife, she picks up a card. And I was like, well, look at that. She's gonna, she's gonna do it again. She's gonna do her next step. Yeah, she, good for her. So service is over with, we get up and we walk through the door and when we walk out, she looks at me, she goes, I just signed you up for your next step to serve. I'm like, oh, okay. She looked at me, she says, it's time for you to step up and do your part. Quit receiving all the benefits and do your part. I said, okay. So they contacted me and I was like, the kids, I know kids. Kids get me, I get kids. Maybe it's because I'm a big kid. It just comes natural to work with kids for me. So Kid Summit was where I wanted to be. So I started at Kid Summit and I've been there ever since. I enjoy my small groups with the kids. I communicate on stage. Um, 
I just have a passion for kids. First of all, I want them to be able to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But I also want them to be encouraged to tell their friends and the world about how great and awesome our God is. If you're hesitant and you're not sure, and you're kind of on that fence about thinking, I might serve, even if it's not the kids. But take your whole heart, do it with everything you got, give the, the saying 110%, give the 110%. And, and try it. If I hadn't started serving, um, well, my walk with God probably wouldn't grow. Um, I'd have that emptiness of you're, you're missing something. Serving is one thing that I can do that Christ did. And I am nowhere near like Christ. But it's one thing that you can do and be Christ-like.